are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. He is so... going to be okay, bud? Okay. So he does something amazing. You see, he uses Felipe, right? That's amazing. That, you hear what I said? He uses Felipe. That's amazing. It's true. And Jackie, that's a great truth. You don't even know the dimensions to that truth of if you have fear you still minister through that fear you just go through it that's a good word of the lord to us this morning thank you let me kind of adjust a few things here there we go now that's better Okay, well, here we are in the book of Ephesians in chapter 6. This has been a wonderful journey. Just want to thank the preaching team who's helped put all this together. Uh, we we've just have been encouraged by Pastor Molly and Bill Carpenter and Pastor Greta. Wrong basket, Shirley, that's all I have to say. Sheila, Sheila yes, Sheila. Shirley, too, whoever she is. It's wrong basket. But uh, it's just been a rich, rich time in the Word, and we're on chapter 6 already. And I want to talk to you this morning about armoring up. And it's actually going to be a two-part series, by the way, uh, because we want to let the Holy Spirit move in service, and uh, so this has to be a two-part se- sermon. So... I really feel the need to pray for victory right now. Just had that word when I saw that song, I went, victory. Victory, whatever that's going to look like for people. Who needs victory in a specific area right now? Because, yeah, see, keep those hands up. Father, I'm praying for a release right now. I just heard the word victory in my spirit. Lord, these are amazing God people right in this room. Righteous, loving, God-fearing. And just as Felipe was saying, I do the things I know I need to do. I'm obedient. I love the Lord. I press in. And still these things are happening in my life. But despite these things, I'm rising up. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do what God calls me to do. That he displayed a victorious mindset in Christ. We pray right now that where the enemy is prowling like a lion, seeking to devour our joy, seeking to devour our victories, seeking to devour our confidence in the Lord, seeking to deceive us to believe we're less than, We pray right now you will establish us in the victory of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that the battle is not ours, but the battle belongs to the Lord. 
We bind that weary spirit right now in the name of Jesus. And we pray for release in the spirit realm right now. A release in the spirit realm of victory in the name of Jesus. And in the, through the precious blood of Jesus and through the word and the promises of God. We declare today that we are victors. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us. And so we know that, we stand in that, and we shout praise to destroy the enemy's attack, his lies, and his schemes in Jesus' name. Let's raise up a shout in the house of the Lord. Victory in the name of Jesus. Victory in the name of Jesus. Victory in the name of Jesus. Release it in Jesus' name. Release it, Lord, and we receive it. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. I want to take you to verse 10. We're going to go down to verse 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Whose? Whose? And what is it? What type of power? power. It's overcoming power. It's victorious power. Amen? That's what we're doing here. Put on the full armor of God so that you can, what? Take your stand. What are we doing? Against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Not half of it. All of it. So that when the day of evil comes, it doesn't say it won't come. It might come. It's going to come. Right? And you may be able to stand your ground. That's what you did this week. Wherever he, where's, where's my friend? There he is. Felipe, that's what you did this week. You stood your ground. Right? That's what you did. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. It's like the Lord speaking to joy over these last six months through the sermons, through the ministry, through our worship time, through our worship conference, through our nights of prayer, through all of our outreaches, through all the ways that we serve one another. He's saying, I'm asking you now to stand firm, stand strong, be mature. Stand in what you know to be true. Don't you give in. Fight back. It's a good fight. I said it's a good fight. And it's not a lonely fight. Because God never leaves you nor forsakes you. God's there. And he knows. And he's saying right now to us, church, stand firm. And stop being uh, shaken by the enemy. With the belt of truths buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet, feed it for the ready, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Something came our way this year. We've never done it before. 
And I met with Pastor Danny. Pastor Danny said, hey, would you like to be a drop-off center for the shoeboxes? And I'm like, what's involved? And you know those guys who are trying to sell something, they give you half the story, right? <laughs> and then you realize what's really involved, okay? <laughs> Pastors have a way of doing that when they want things done. And so he shares his heart, and Danny's heart is as big as the nation's, right? And he knows what's good for joy. And God's saying, here's an opportunity to bring the gospel to this community that any person who walks in with a box will actually be ministered to, will actually be prayed for. The word of the Lord will be spoken over that box, over that child, over that family that's receiving that box so that the nations of the world can be touched in the most practical way with the living gospel of our Lord Jesus. Come on, folks. Get those boxes in. Hallelujah. Don't get me started. <laughs> Verse 16. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And that, when you study that, and I'm going to go into that, that's why we need to stand in victory. If you understood what those uh, fiery arrows are about, you would wonder why you even had a mind. Because the enemy comes to penetrate, now I'm off book, but who cares? Uh, he, <laughs> he comes to penetrate, and he comes into your mind sideways. He comes in left, right, down, up, shakes you all around until you can't even think clearly. You're double-minded. You're confused. There's chaos in your spirit. You're angry with people for no darn good reason but flesh. And he's coming, he's lying, and he's deceived you. He takes those fiery darts. Where does he try to land them? At your heart. And then we become emotional wrecks. Then we feel guilty and shame because we, ye we yelled at a loved one. Or we actually had selfish endeavor. Or we had selfish ambition, vain conceit, arrogance, and pride. And the enemy loves it. Can I tell you that? He loves it. He loves to disrupt your family, your relationships. They're going good all of a sudden. Bada bing, bada boom. Destroy. You take your stand. You stand firm. You look at the enemy in the eye and say, you get your hands off my mind and off my heart and off my spirit. I'm taking the stand of courage today and I know who my salvation comes from. Hallelujah, Jesus Christ. I wasn't swearing there, I was declaring there. Serious stuff. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Don't get sloppy with the, the sword of the Spirit. Don't become weak with the sword of the Spirit. Take a strong stand with the Spirit and use the, use the word of God. It's the only weapon you have in offense and defense. And he says, take my word, use it. Know it, fight with it, stand on it, believe in it. It's the promises of God. And they're for you, each one of you. 
It's exciting. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I love verse 18. Ooh. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. He loves to hear all kinds of prayers. He'll receive your prayer any time of the day. He wants to hear you utter what you need, what you want, what's bothering you, what's in your way, what you're confused about, what's been difficult, where you've been victorious, where you're thankful, where you're grateful, what you're celebrating. Goodness gracious, he says, pray at all times. Come on, folks. Let's shake it up at joy. I said pray at all times with all types of prayer. Oh, just leave that to the spiritual ones. Oh, excuse me? Everyone who is a born-again believer and is a born-again believer and has salvation, you're a spiritual person. So I'm talking to all of you. Some of you are looking at me cross-eyed right now because you thought you were excluded this morning. No, you're included and you need it. And your prayers will change the spirit realm. Your prayers today in this room changed the spirit realm. Your worship today changed the spirit realm. Your hearts for Jesus and your love for one another changed what normally happens out there didn't happen in here today. That is worthy to be celebrated and preached about. Hallelujah. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That means you get to tell them what you need. Don't hold back. Don't be shy. Don't think because you've had to pray it over and over and over that he doesn't want to hear it. Tell him it and let him know you need it. And with this in mind, oh, with this in mind, ooh, there's something coming. Be alert. Be wise. Be ready. Be mindful, be conscientious that in the spirit realm there are things being designed, schemed to come after you. And you need to be ready. And when he wipes you out, he'll wipe you out. He will not apologize. He's not a gentleman. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep what? For all the saints, for all your brothers and sisters right here in this room. And those who come and are not here, you pray for them as well. And you watch what God will do for you and your family and yourself when you do that. Well, that's the introduction. Let's move on. No matter who we are or what we do for a living, all of us are bound to face struggles in our life. Anybody had a struggle this week? Anything? Just faced a little struggle? Yeah? Okay, good. Then I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm telling the truth here. Financial pressures, job loss, personality conflicts, time demands, injury, illness, emotional pain, death. Job's friend mockingly reported to Job, man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. Have you ever seen a fire and the sparks just go upward? You can count on trouble coming your way. That's a picture of that. 
When faced with setbacks like these, people often tend to blame God for their circumstances or other people or even themselves. However, Scripture urges us to consider another more sinister source of our troubles. What Paul called the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. And Paul tells us that ultimately, people are not our enemy. Sin and Satan are. Oh, they may be influenced by Satan and sin. But our battle is not against flesh and blood. We are wasting our time fighting people when we ought to be fighting the enemy who seeks to control people and make us oppose to the work of God. God wants to work restoration. God wants to bring about deliverance. God wants to bring healing. God wants to bring supernatural miracles into our lives. God wants to provide. He loves to provide. God doesn't like to withhold compassion and mercy and grace. He's generous. And the enemy wants you to think you've been left out in the storm, left for yourself, and fend for yourself, and it's a lie from the pit of hell. He's there all along, and he cares, deeply cares for you. If he didn't, he wouldn't have sent his only begotten son. He loved you that much. Originally, God made the earth and the fullness of it, giving Adam dominion over all the works of his hands. And then Adam, duh, Adam, committed high treason and sold out to Satan. And Satan, through Adam, became the god of this world. Now, Satan has the right to be here, and he has the right to be the god of this world. Satan had the right to rule over us. If you notice what I said, had the right to rule over us until we became born again, Bible-believing, Christ-loving people of God, believers in Jesus Christ. And we became a part of the body of Christ, which is what the book of Ephesians is about, is bringing glory through the body of Christ to our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, verses 12 to 13, affirms this truth. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom uh, we have redemption and the forgiveness of uh, of sins. So this scripture proves that Satan has no right to rule or dominate your life. When, if he tries, don't give him permission and don't give him an inch. And when you sense he is, you stand your ground and be firm in the things of the word and the Lord. And many believers have more faith. Listen to this. And, I, and this is something I wrote down because I believe it. Many believers have more faith in Satan's authority and power than in God's authority and power. More people concentrate on what Satan's doing than what what God can do or is about to do or has done, and we should be celebrating that before we give a lot of attention to what the enemy's doing. Some believers are convinced that Satan's running everything on the earth, and at the state we're in, it looks like he is. Satan is running a lot of what is occurring today on this earth, but he doesn't have to run you a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I said? He doesn't have to run you. 
We must be convinced that the church today has the same authority that it did right after Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and seating at the right hand of the Father. And I love what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. We do so much about what we think we see. By the way, we only see a known part. I think scripture has to say that, doesn't it? Yeah, it says that. And so I like what he has to say. I'm only moved by what I believe. And that has to be based on the word of the Lord. And Paul actually backs that statement up for Smith Wigglesworth when he says, you are called in verse 10, finally what? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can what? Take your stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 10. So here we are. We're engaged in an actual battle. We would be stupid and ignorant to think that there's not a battle going on in the spirit realm. It's intense. It's real. But it doesn't have to control us. We're engaged in an actual battle, and we have the resources to win that battle, to fight that battle. And through Jesus Christ, each believer is predestined to confound and overthrow the enemy and be decisive in the, uh, as we walk out the victory in our lives. You have to be decisive. You have to declare, but not only declare just, just you know, hypothetically, you have to declare it because you know it's, it is a possibility. You believe it, and you're going to see it. You're going to experience it. There's some major areas in my life right now I have not seen the answers to. The answers have not yet come. Some things I've been praying for for years have not yet happened, but I know they're going to happen. Just not in my timing and just not in my design. And what I'm trying to do is live, listen, a holy, righteous life so that nothing of my sin nature, my old nature, gets in the way of what God is capable of doing in my life. And I believe today that many people walk in weakness and not power because they're dabbling in sin, they're dabbling in the old nature, they're dabbling in the occult, they have a rebellious spirit against authority, And they wonder why they're being attacked. Oh, my goodness. So I ask the Lord. I say to him, honestly, you know what I'm capable of doing in the flesh. You know my own nature better than I know my own nature. You know my sin patterns. You know my weaknesses. You know where my flesh, oh, my flesh loves to give in. Oh, oh. It's so naughty at times. And I'm shocked sometimes when I give in. Saying, oh, James, how could you do that? Yeah, well, easy, right? But if I make a decision that I'm going to live holy, a holy and pure and righteous life, and I ask the Lord for the grace to live that out, and I ask the Lord to help me overcome those demonic strongholds that once held me in darkness, and they were demonic, I've broken free from them. I don't want to go back to those. And many of you have been set free 
because of the precious blood of Jesus and because of your testimony and your faith in the Lord and because you repented and believed and he came to you and rewarded you by touching your life with his presence and his might and his deliverance and you like to go back just like I do to the old ways of life. About the song we sang, I thought he opened the sea and allowed us to walk through. Didn't he? Didn't he do that? Yes. You, some of you sitting there going, do, do we talk yeah. back to you right now? Yes, you do. Yeah. yeah, you do. I'm asking you a question. Talk back. Help yeah. me out here. Because I'm struggling yeah. to find the right answer. <laughs> Got my back. I want to encourage you to make a choice today, a commitment today, that you're going to choose to live a holy, righteous, godly lifestyle that you're going to ask God to grant you the grace and the strength and his delivering power to set you free from those strongholds or demonic influences or your old nature. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He says, what? No longer to be subject by any yoke of slavery. That's why the armor of God is essential to put on every day because what happens is the enemy tries to come and bring us into this yoke of slavery that we were once free from. And so the armor of God prevents those things in our lives. He's given us the resources. We believers are told to do something about the devil because we have the authority to do it. That's in verses 10 and 12. And the purpose and focus of each believer is to penetrate the darkness, drive it back, and advance the gospel. That's what we're called to do. We're called to take our, be strong, be mighty in his power, put on the full armor. He didn't say half of it, all of it, so we can take a stand against his schemes. He's saying you're, in, you're, you're living in, there's darkness all around you. You can't ignore it. You can't get around it. It's there. But you can push through it in advance with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are light. You are salt. And the tense of the word strong implies that you have to keep being strong. You have to make up your mind. You have to determine in your spirit. You have to make a decision in your soul that, wait, all this is coming at me, I'm going to remain firm and strong and courageous in the ways of the Lord. Yes, my flesh is rising up, but my, and what does it say? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But when you put on the armor of God, something in the spirit realm chains, shifts, and a determination to be firm, strong, and courageous rises up in you. Amen. How do I know this? Because I put the armor of God on every single day. I love the armor of God. Why am I preaching this? Because I believe in it. I live it. I, I love putting on the armor of God. Why? Because I love to be in battle against the enemy because of what he's done to my family, my extended family, what I see him doing to people I love and the disease people go through and the chaos in people's life. I'm like, I will fight the good fight on my knees. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? I love when God gives us a chance to praise and worship to rip through the darkness. And all of a sudden we're standing there going, what just is going on? What's happening? My mind is clear. My spirit is free. My heart is not overwhelmed. And I feel I have the victory over this. Amen? That's why we do it, folks. That's why we do it. We have the authority. And we have to be strong, but continually making that choice. In verse 11, Paul emphasizes the significance of putting on the whole armor of God now and leave it on. Now, what do you mean, Pastor James? Because each time we make a choice to give into the flesh, you're really taking up a part of the armor. Have you ever thought of that? Mm-hmm. And so you have to be really conscientious of what you're doing because you need to stand and keep the armor on by choosing that even when I'm going in the wrong direction, choosing I have to obey despite my flesh. I do not want to sin this way. God deliver me right now. Right? That, that is what? Praying in the spirit too? You're asking for help and intervention. That's a good thing. And he provides safety from the enemy's schemes. And as the slanderer, oh, he is a slanderer. He is an accuser. It's his goal to do everything that he can to berate you, demean you, and so that you will see yourself as less significant in God than others. If he can get you on that track, you're defeated. And once he gets you in the victim mentality rather than the victor's mentality, you're defeated. And then you start excusing and reasoning away. Well, I'm only doing this because I'm saying, get a grip on life and move forward. Get a grip on life and move out of the darkness by your own decision making. And call on the name of the Lord like everybody else has to. Pull up your bootstraps, put on your big girl pants and big boy pants, and let's get moving. You're like, Come on, I should hear a clap for that one, for goodness sake. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. My life is a wreck. Well, then go to the one who can unwreck it. Put on the armor of God. And walk in wisdom. And stop walking in your own victim mentality and your own strength and your own weakness and watch what God can do to deliver you. That's what he wants to do. Be a little more easy, Pastor James. You got a little edge today. Absolutely. It's a battle. Why not have an edge? Right? Everything else in the world has an edge. Oh, Christians aren't supposed to have an edge? He gave you the sword. The sword has an edge. The sword will rip down the enemy. Are you kidding me? We're not to have an edge. We've got the sword, the word of God. Come on, folks. Well, let's play this nicely. He is not nicely. He is wicked. He's the father of lies. And he ain't waiting for your yes or no. <laughs> Nothing polite about him. Nothing. The word scheme here 
When you look at that word, it says against the devil's schemes. And we're only on one verse. Oh, my goodness. Help me, Jesus. The word scheme here is from the word which actually means, from our word, the scheme means method. The enemy's method. The method of the enemy is geared to doing anything possible to make your lives less than fulfilling. The enemy's schemes are designed to knock you off course. What did Jesus say the path was? Was narrow. It's a narrow path. It's a direct path. It's a way that leads you into the eternal destiny that he designed for you. And the enemy will knock you off course and get you off that path as quickly as he can. These, uh, in verse 12, these principalities, these powers of, and rulers of darkness, these spiritual wickedness in the high places, these are wicked spirits, listen, that are always moving in the heavenly realms. And they know who you are but they don't have the power that Christ has in you. Greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world, in the, world. In the heavenly realms as well. That's included. Colossians 2.15 says, And heaven disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. What? Right there by the cross. By the cross. If, you, if, you focus, if your focus is about the awful fight you're in against the devil and about how powerful he is, you miss the whole point Paul's making in this chapter. He is reminding us that not only is Christ seated at the right hand of the Father, but we're also seated with him. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. And so we have access every single day to the power, to the authority of the name of Jesus, of the blood of Jesus, the power of Jesus, and the living word that's in Jesus' heart for you and I. Wow! That's pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. And the enemy knows it. He knows it. In our battle against the enemy and his forces, we need to keep in mind that we're above them and we have authority over them. And when you're being harassed and your identity is being attacked, you know when that's happening. And you have every right to say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce that lie. I renounce this attack. I stand under the precious blood. I place these thoughts, and they must be held captives because they're lies. And I pray, Lord, you'll speak truth. You'll affirm me, and you'll allow me to walk in the confidence of my salvation. Amen? Walk in the confidence of your salvation. Oh, I think I'm saved. I know that I'm saved. I think he loves me. No, he says he loves you. He loves you. And he died for you. And he's here for you. 
And on that cross, through his precious blood, he delivered you from the enemy's grip. You're free. You're free. And when you put on the armor of God, which we'll talk about more last week, you're free. And you have the authority to do this. I want to wrap up with this analogy. And then we'll go to part two next week. So Greta and I were camping at this campsite. We're just, we love to camp a few years ago. And we were camping, and it was really late at night. We had a fire blazing, and we had our chairs out and blankets on. And uh, it was just a wonderful time. And Greta heard some rustling around in the little bushes. And, so, and you know me, oh, it's nothing. Huh? Don't worry about it. She says, no, no, go, go get the flashlight. It's making a lot of rush. So I go get the flashlight, and she shines it up, and it's a skunk. Oh, and he's just casually wandering in, cute little guy, and moving, and I'm, he's moving towards us now. And so we pack up all our stuff and get in our trailer. That little guy had more authority than I did at that moment. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, because if I would have said, oh, I'd go inside. I can handle him. <laughs> I could have handled him all right. I would have smelt for days. <laughs> My point is this. The enemy wants you to think that you're that small, that you have no authority, that you're not effective. But let me tell you this. When you walk on the scene and you have a spirit of belief and faith and you know that God's speaking to you and he has something for you and you obey him and you take that stand and you declare that you're a son and daughter of the most high God and that God has given you all power in heaven and on earth to tread on serpents and scorpions and right now I'm not a loser. I am victorious. Right now I am a conqueror and Satan, you get your butt off the scene and I'm standing here because when heaven sent comes, that displays the goodness of God. Can I tell you, we are free. We need to rise up in faith. We need to grab onto the armor of God and say, I'm putting the whole armor on. I'm standing strong in the Lord, and I am a spirit, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, washed with the blood, person of God, without any apology. Amen? Come on, folks. Serious stuff here. We'll end next week. And we're going to go through the whole armor armor of God. I want you to come prepared. And I'm asking you this week, you have an assignment. My pastor, I don't do assignments. Oh, yes, you do. We just talked about obedience, holiness, and righteousness. Right, Aretha? You're going to be obedient, right? I knew it. Knew it. I knew it right away. You're going to take this chapter, and you're going to pray this chapter. You're going to pray verses 10 to 18. I'm asking you to do it every day. And I'm asking you, God, right now, I put on the helmet of salvation. I take every thought captive. I'm going to put on the breastplate of righteousness because he's always after my emotions and my heart and my identity. 
I'm putting on right now, I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand firm in the promises of God. I'm even going to find a promise this week, and I'm going to stand on that promise, and when the enemy comes to shake me up, I'm going to say, this is a promise of God. Right? Then I'm going to, I'm going to right now get my feet ready, because I love to share Jesus. I love to be Jesus. I love to be light in dark places. So Lord, wherever you send me, I want to make sure I go with the love of Jesus. My heart's not in a good place right now, Lord. So change this heart. Because right now I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm fearful, I'm stressed. And he says, wait a second. I want that gospel to go out from you. I want to get you ready. Then I want to put in you, in your hand, the shield of faith. So that when those fiery darts come at your identity, hold it steady. Just hold steady, folks. And you tell him you are the father of lies. That's not who I am. And then you hold up that sword of the spirit. Ooh, get in the word. Get in the word. Say, right now I'm holding the sword of the Spirit. Lord, show me how to use this this week. And then what I do, because my back is open and I don't want to turn my back on God, so I put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I just worship. I'm just like, my worship to you, Lord, you're just cloaking me. You're just dressing me in the righteousness of God. Some of you just need a good night of worship. Just get, in your, get off your stupid phone. Turn off your ridiculous television, which is not feeding you anything anyway, unless you can turn it to a nice worship channel. And just worship Jesus. You're like, what, are we in a workshop or something? Yes! We're getting trained for battle! Absolutely! Absolutely! Well, let's pray. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for a time of worship. Thank you for our ministry, Lord, and thank you for Felipe who launched out there in faith today. Just tore down, tore down doubt and tore down lack of faith and just stood, stood in his spot. He stood firm despite his whole week. What a great, great testimony for all of us. And now the word of the Lord, Lord, we just, we come to you and We realize this is a serious battle we're in, but you've given us the victory. You've given us the tools and the resources. They're divine. We didn't make those up. You designed them. And because you designed them, they work. They don't even require AAA batteries. Hallelujah! They work! And we need to put it on every single day. Remind us each day this week to read verses 10 to 18, putting on the full armor of God. And we pray for a breakthrough for this congregation in Jesus' name. I said breakthrough in Jesus' name. Have a great week. We're going to open up the, uh, actually, we're not going to open up the altar today because our children are having a rehearsal for the Christmas pageant. So we have to ask you to do all your talking out in the hall and in the fellowship room because the little ones are coming in for a rehearsal. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. And remember, he's fighting your battle for you.
Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.